On Monday morning, I came to church, I opened up my Bible, and I read the story of the Transfiguration, the same one that Chris just read for us. And I started to pray about what God might have me say from the pulpit this week. It's the same kind of process I go through every week. And I was struck by how Peter could go so quickly from being so utterly astonished and excited that he wanted to make houses to live on that mountain forever to being so afraid that he cowers in the corner. And so I started to think about fear and what is it that I or maybe some of us are really, truly afraid of. Of course, I'm afraid of something happening to Lindsay or something happening to Elijah. I'm afraid of getting that three o'clock in the morning call from somebody in the church saying the church is on fire. Please don't let that happen. There are a lot of things I'm afraid of. But as I thought about it and I prayed about it, I realized that if I'm honest, the thing I'm afraid of most is coming here on Sunday morning and not being prepared. And you might not be able to see it from your vantage point, but up here every Sunday morning, I have my perfectly crafted 2,000 word double space, 12 point times new Roman sermon single-sided so that I don't get lost as I turn the pages over. I spend like 30 minutes every Sunday morning reading over it, printing it so that those of you who would like to follow along and read it can read it during worship, and you'll notice there are no sermons up for passing out this morning. Because I realize the thing I'm so afraid of, not having control over what happens in worship on Sunday morning, is exactly what I needed to do. So up here we have this Wonderful pyramid. It's, it's nice and white, but there is nothing up here. And it is terrifying to stand here in front of all of you and have no idea what I should be saying next. And to make things even better, our district superintendent came to worship today. But thanks be to God, he's downstairs in the nursery. Hopefully, the microphones don't work so he can't hear me. I didn't write a sermon. Every time I thought about writing a sermon, every time I thought about an idea that I wanted to convey to you, I fought against it. There's no Word document on my computer saying, Lost in the Cloud, Transfiguration Sermon, 2017. I've got nothing. Because that's what frightens me the most. Having to stand before you and not have control over what's about to happen. Because that's what Peter experiences when he's on the mountain. It's utter fear. It's fear of the unknown, of what God might make happen in that terrible and frightening moment while he's there with his friends and with Jesus. When you read the story, when you look at it, we, we that know our Bibles well, you can't help but see that this is a story not just about Jesus, but it's a story of the whole Bible. Everything about this moment, the fact they go up onto a mountaintop for this to happen is just like what happens to Moses when he goes up to the mountain in Exodus to receive the law from God. The fact that it's not just Jesus who's transfigured, but that, Je- that Elijah and Moses are there with him. Moses representing the law, this long portion of the Old Testament. Elijah representing the prophets, this large portion of the Old Testament. This isn't just a story about Jesus It's not even just a story about Peter. It's about the whole Bible coming together in this one frightening and terrifying moment. I thought about it all week 
And I tried not to think about it all week because I wanted to stand here in front of you and just let the Spirit move. Not be caught up with what's written down on a page, not being limited to what's there, but to let the Spirit move me and all of us just like the Spirit moved those disciples up on the mountaintop so long ago. And every day I felt worse and worse and worse. I did not sleep a whole lot last night. I got here really early and I knelt down in the center aisle and I prayed and I prayed. I didn't pray for some miracle for God to just hand me a seven-page sermon that I could read from the pulpit. But I prayed again and again for God's will to be done. To be done in what I say. To be done in what you hear. That the story of the transfiguration might not just be something that we leave in the Bible, but something we experience and that we live out every day. I prayed and I prayed. And when I finally said, God, let your will be done, somebody walked in through that door right there. This happens a couple times. It's happened a couple times since I've been here, but it never ceases to amaze me. And so from lying prostrate on the floor here, I popped up and there was a woman standing by the door. Her name's Deb. She's very well put together. She looked like one of those people who often gets here too early for church on Sunday morning, a new visitor who looks at me and says, oh, is this not the time for worship? And so I walked over to her, I introduced myself and I said, you know, we we have church at 11 o'clock, you're more than... Welcome to come back. She said, well, that's not why I'm here. Can I talk to you? You are the pastor, right? I said, I'm the only person here this early on Sunday morning. I'm definitely the pastor. And we sat down right here on this sort of bench-like pew in the front. And she told me her story. She lives here in Stanton. Her husband had a heart attack right before Christmas. And while he was in the hospital recovering, he got strep throat And every time they try to send him home to recuperate, it comes back. So they've been in and out of the hospital since Christmas almost every single day. And on Friday, they realized that they had maxed out all of their credit cards for all of their medical bills. And they had not a cent to their name. And she was afraid. And I said, well, what, what can I do? What can I help you with? She said, I need you to pray for me. I need you to hold my hands, and I need you to pray for me. And so I did, right there, not two or three hours ago. I prayed for God's will to be done in her life, for peace to reign and all these different things. And then when I finally said amen, I felt like what I had done was not enough. And I said, please tell me, what what can I do to help? She said, we have three kids. We don't have any food in our refrigerator And I think I'm going to have to go to the hospital with him tomorrow. And I'm afraid that my kids aren't going to have any food to eat. I said, well, sadly, we don't don't have the church office open. I can't, we don't have any petty cash here. And she said, honestly, I need a gift card to Food Lion. I just need to know that I will have food for my kids this week. So I left her sitting right there. I got in my car, I drove to Food Line, I bought her some cards, I came back, and I gave them to her. I prayed with her again, and then she left. And it put things really into perspective for me. Because all week long, I was terrified about the prospect of standing before you without a sermon to preach. 
You know what Deb's scared of? She's afraid her kids aren't going to have food tomorrow. That's what fear really looks like. It's not being an embarrassment to your church on Sunday because you don't have a perfectly crafted sermon to preach. It's not knowing your children are going to be okay. So this story, this story about the transfiguration, it's not just about Jesus. It's not just about Peter. Hell, it's not even just about the Bible. It's about everything. It's about being surrounded and suffocated by fear and hoping and praying and yearning for somebody to reach out to you to say, don't be afraid. I'm here for you. It's a story about God being out of our control. We can't limit God to this building on Sunday mornings. We can't limit God to a 2,000 word sermon. We can't even limit God to a 500-word devotional that I send every Monday. God is out of our control. Thank speed to God for that. Because God works in and through people like me on a Sunday morning, using the gifts of our church to bless somebody so that she can feed her children this week while she's at the hospital. God uses people like you and me to reach out to people when they feel like their lives are surrounded by a dark cloud of fear without knowing where they're going to go, not knowing what the valley will look like tomorrow when they have to wake up again. The transfiguration, this story that we always save for the last Sunday before Ash Wednesday, it's about being afraid, but it's also about hope. It's about hope that someone somewhere cares about you, cares about me. Each of you were given a palm branch when you walked in today. And no, it's not because I thought it was Palm Sunday and made a mistake. These are the palm branches that we all waved last Palm Sunday, almost a year ago. We saved them. Did you know that? We saved them. I dry them out in my office all year long. Because I didn't know this when I became a pastor, but when you have Ash Wednesday, churches just don't keep ashes in some sort of secret drawer for you. You're supposed to burn the palm branches from your last Palm Sunday. And when you burn those palm branches, you take those ashes. And that's what we will adorn our foreheads with on Wednesday morning and Wednesday evening. My first Ash Wednesday that I was here, I realized that we didn't have any palm branches from the year before. So spoiler alert, the ashes on your forehead from four years ago, they came out of the fireplace at the parsonage. True confession. But you better believe that every year since then, I have kept the palm branches. The same palm branches we waved and we said, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed be the name. Blessed be the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We take those and we save them and we burn them. We burn them as a reminder that our lives are always changing. That what we were hopeful for last Palm Sunday is probably not what we're hopeful for now. What we're afraid of is not the same thing that we were afraid of last year. So in a little bit, before we sing our last hymn, Marshall Kirby's going to go outside and he's going to light the fire in the fire pit. So that when we leave worship today, each of us will take our palm branch. We will think about what we're afraid of. 
We'll think about people in our lives who are afraid. And we will throw it into the fire. So that that dark smoke might burn and become brilliantly white like Christ when he was transfigured. And in seeing that bright light, God might give us the courage to be his people for those who are afraid. I offer this to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.